Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. and the Bulldog. I, I don't think that's a very good attitude. It's Mike Shope. You don't think? You don't You don't think? But I don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? It's the Bulldog. I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. Well, I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. Why you're there? Why are you grabbing a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you it's are. Mike I'm not. Yes, you and are. the Bulldog no, on WGR Sports Radio 550. I know Trista Crick told us yesterday it was not Tuesday, the week before the Super Bowl, too early for prop bet talk. But um, today they are flying around. I mean, it, it, it definitely isn't too early today. <laughs> okay. Will an unauthorized person enter the field of play? Gender of unauthorized person. Is it ever a woman running around on the field that jumps over the fence? Not since the days of Morgana, the kissing bandit oh. in baseball. Has the show uh, ever sounded old? Have we, have we had a, a female perpetrator violating the sanctity of the playing field? I, I shouldn't say. There probably have been other female protesters over the years, but um, it's generally d- drunk men, often without shirts. I don't see a prop on the uh, the BAC of the unauthorized person on the field, the blood alcohol content. Uh, is it rude to ask Jeremy Kahn if he goes back? Did, did the name Morgana, the kissing bandit, maybe put a smile <laughs> yeah. on your face, Jeremy? Or is... Absolutely. She'd oh. be bouncing around all over the place. Yeah, Morgana, nice gal, right? Yeah. So. Morgana. Football, too. Football, too, yeah. Morgana. She uh, covered all the sports. I don't remember her ever on a football field. I, I trust you that it happened, but I, I just see her chasing George Brett in my George in my Brett. <laughs> so good. That's so good. All right. Welcome, Jeremy. Jeremy Kahn, 105.7, the fan in Baltimore. Odyssey bros here hanging out. Um, we'll, we'll ask you, Jeremy, like just how the pain that Ravens fans are feeling might be relatable to Bills fans. I mean, they're, they're a little different. Ball, it was, this was really Baltimore's year for the most part, and so that, that's got to make it hurt. Well, it's kind of weird. It's, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it's been a roller coaster ride after the loss and then, you know, the pain of that, and then all of a sudden the Orioles are sold, and then it's like, hey, you're happy, and then all of a sudden your defensive coordinator is gone, and, I, you know, we can touch on everything. But 
Yeah, look, in all honesty, um, you know, I, I'm not a homer here at all. And, and like, I, I know it's good for business and everything, and I pull for the Ravens because it's great for my city. Um, but it's it's just funny looking at the team because I really thought this was a special team when you looked at what they were doing offensively and defensively. And for everything to come to a screeching halt against a Kansas City team that you got them on, you know, they're on back-to-back road games. They've, they had the, the freezing cold game, and they come to Buffalo and escape out of there with a win. And it's just like everything kind of fell apart. We kept saying it's not like both the defense and the offense weren't going to show up on the same day. And all Kansas City needed was those first two drives, really. And uh, you look at how the rest of the game plays out. So, yeah, it was it felt like a big kick in the pills. Um, and, and we don't know what the team's going to look like next year. Right. Yeah, we're going through the same thing here. And, you know, the, the Chiefs themselves, um, I know the way we viewed it, even even, you know, before the you know as the playoffs were beginning before the wild card round even i was saying this is the bills best look at it in part that was because the chiefs it's not to disregard the ravens that was always going to be that's a goal let's see if we can get to baltimore and then we'll deal with that but kansas city's not what they've been no joe burrow on the scene that certainly is pertinent for you guys in baltimore with being in the division so you've got so you get the record you, you get the one you get the bye you're rested and everything it's just when are you going to have a better chance to beat that team? That's how we felt two weeks ago, and I'll bet that's how a lot of you guys feel right now. Yeah, I think we said if not now, when so many times this week leading up to it. Like, you know, you're not going to have a better situation to get there and um, and, and win this game. And, and looking at, you know, it's kind of odd to look at the Chiefs too because, you know, hats off to them for uh, probably having their worst offensive season, maybe one of their best defensive seasons and still finding a way to, to get back in the game. But, God, am I tired of seeing them. Um, but, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's interesting to just think about where the Ravens were and, and, and what could have happened because, you know, now you're losing your defensive coordinator who I think is an absolute genius and Seattle got themselves a gem, but now you're picking up these pieces of, of what could have been. And then you look back in the game and, and, and we've all had those games where you're like, Hey, there's the effort play. I don't know what Lamar saw in that play. And then the strip sack could happen at any time somebody trying to make a bigger play downfield. And honestly, on that play, Rashad Bateman was wide open for a touchdown. Or Lamar could have took off and ran, you know. So didn't see enough of that in the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I don't watch him as closely as you do, but I watch him very closely. And it's always the thing for me with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, Jeremy. Is he going to run all out in this game? And in the second half against Houston, I mean, I thought that that was like, obviously, okay, that's him. And Mm -hmm. the second play... Bulldog is probably sick of me mentioning this by now, but <laughs> the second play of this game Sunday, he scrambles right, he gets about to the line of scrimmage, and he's looking back and around, and he slides. And I'm just like, this it's its the AFC Championship. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a little unfair, but um, make, your, make your statement, right? You get the ball first, make your statement. You're Lamar Jackson, and he's just going to the ground like, you know, Flacco would have. Yeah, there's no question, and, and like we were, we were wondering about it too. I mean, there's the clip now that's leaked out from I think the first quarter that Lamar even responded to of Odell telling him to take off, like you know, um, this is your moment or, or whatever he said mm-hmm. to him. But exactly, you know, it, it's it's interesting too because like you know, I don't know if if maybe listening to people too much talking about that, oh, you can't throw the football, you can't do this, that you know, it's it's some of the one of those things where you want to prove every single person wrong, and I'm not saying that's what happened in the AFC championship. I'm saying, I think cumulative over the, over the years watching him, he's, he hasn't run as much. He's picked his spots. I just thought there were a lot of great spots in this game to take off and run. And, and you know, there were some boneheaded moves. Like 
you know, why didn't the offensive coordinator tell him to throw it back to himself again? They picked up, what, 13 yards to play? <laughs> he could have taken that for a touchdown. That's all I wanted. Like, I wanted some weird moment like that in history. So, but anyway, you know. Yeah. And one play from that great Ravens defense, you know, one game-changing play, uh, I don't know, probably taking a little too far here, being critical with as well as they did, but that's really to the Chiefs' credit, I think, that, you know, and, and other than the Hardman fumble at the one here, Jeremy, like really yeah. very clean through three games. Yeah, you know, it's, and, you know, like, it, it is funny to look at the how everything kind of played out because, I mean, I don't just say this because I'm one in Buffalo. Like, you're one of the other teams that I kind of just pull for. Like, I just, I like the team. I like the way everything's constituted. I feel, you know, the city, I, I think there's some similarities, um, although very dangerous down here at times. Um, but, you know, like it's, it, I, we've got family members that are from Buffalo. So when you look at it, how the playoffs played out, it's pulling for you guys. And then here comes the old Chiefs. Like, here's Kelsey again. Here's Rasheed Rice. We know we're going to him. And I, I was saying the same thing when they're coming to Baltimore. And it's like, we've got this great defensive mind. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Are they dinking and dunk us at death by a thousand paper cuts? They, they literally threw like seven screens on the first two drives, yeah. and all they did was pick up six and seven yards. And, I mean, that's the, that's the decider in the game, too. I mean, you think about it, those two drives won the game. Right. So yeah. how, how, what, what explanation, if you've settled on, on one or, or a few that maybe fit together, do, do you like best for why the, the, they went away from handing the ball off to running backs so much uh, in you know, this game? Because that's the thing we've probably touched on the most in this game is that it seemed kind of out of character for them. Yeah, and, and the numbers are outrageous when you look at it of all the teams in, in, in the history of the playoffs that had this type of rushing style that were – I mean, they're ranking dead dead last in the opportunities that they took or the carries. And it, it's just such a strange thing to look at and say, well, wait a minute, you get in the game, what's going on? And the same thing happened in 2019 against the Titans where they have this unbelievable rushing offense and they come out there and you're like, why are they still throwing the football? It's a one-score game. Like, go back to what got you here and what you've been good at, keeping them off the field and wearing them out. And that's what they've done all year long. And it's just kind of strange to see that your two running backs each got three carries. Like, mm. really? They picked up 21 yards on three carries, and he can't get another touch? I, I just didn't get it. Good thing they grabbed Dalvin Cook for all this, that they are not going <laughs> to hand the ball off, you know. Yeah, he got his, what, three or four carries in, uh, against Houston, Houston. at the end of the game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I was so smart betting him to score the last touchdown of the game Sunday because Baltimore wins, and then it's Dalvin Cook at the end to tack one on. Well, it was never a great bet. Dead wrong on, on everything Sunday, so I, I mean, there's not much I can say. Yeah, Jeremy Con with us at Jcon Sports on Twitter X, as Bulldog calls it, one zero five seven the fan. <laughs> in uh, I'm, I'm going to keep going to it. I'm going to keep going to it. <laughs> you 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 do what you got to do. You know, on on the lack of handoffs, is there any chance to you, Jeremy, that they themselves, the Ravens, got caught up in? We've got the MVP at quarterback. Like, we spend a lot of time here in Buffalo, especially after the coordinator change, they became kind of run-heavy, and we're a little bewildered because Josh Allen is, you know, he's an MVP caliber player. He hasn't won it yet, but he's, you know, he's in the mix year in, year out now for a few years running, and we want to lean on him. And here are the Ravens that, that, that haven't asked Lamar to do as much of that. Um and I don't know, did they maybe get caught up in we've got this guy, so we should showcase it or something? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I'm reaching, I think. But Yeah, I'm... no, I think there's I mean, I think there's something there. It could also be, you know, when you're 
as an offensive coordinator. And we're sitting here talking about going back to Greg Roman in 2019 when they did the same exact thing. And John Harbaugh said the same exact thing after the game, like, oh, we got to look at it, the game flow, and this is how things happen. And we're just going to have to take a look at it. And yeah, we want to run the ball more. And then literally he says the same thing after this game when the same exact thing happens. And what I think it is is you're seeing eight and nine-man fronts and you're trying to take advantage of things on the outside and you're being deceived at times. It's not what you think. And I think maybe they're confusing them at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's more that we'll have to look at with the All-22 because there's no other reason to really get caught up in those games and throw, um, you know, to, to just become a team that's all of a sudden throwing the football when the history of the league tells you when, when the Ravens are running the ball 20 or more times, they don't lose. <laughs> They win the game when they run it 20 or more times. And I know, look, there's there's some stretching there when you start looking at when you're ahead in the fourth quarter, you're going to run sure. the football, obviously. But but there's there's something to be said about it. So I, I don't know why they get away from it. Um, the one constant's been John Harbaugh. You know, there's been a lot of talk of that around here, especially with Mike McDonald leaving. And um, I don't he's not going anywhere. He's a great coach. But, you know, it's kind of been the one constant when we go back and look at those things. And you can throw Lamar Jackson in there as well. I think he might be the second oldest coach in the league now. Harbaugh. There, there are five coaches in the league now, 60 and up, and two of them are Harbaugh's, which they, wow. they're young-looking guys, and I don't know, like that's a little bit sort of throws me to think of that, but Belichick leaves, at least temporarily, Pete Carroll, Andy Reid is the oldest, and then um, we get pretty soon you get to John Harbaugh. Jeremy, so the, the question, where you and I, Baltimore and Buffalo, us, I mean, are similar at this stage here early in the offseason is trying to figure out how to be different so you can win this time. And not, not an easy question. I mean, the Bills, in their to their part, they have big salary cap challenges this year, an aging team, especially on defense. It's hard for me to imagine they're going to look better on paper going into next season than they have. What, what about Baltimore, which had a better season than even the Bills? Um, is it reasonable can they run it back so to speak here jeremy or how hard will that be to do yeah look i I think they can get back and they will be in that mix um just because i mean the the key is if if lamar stays healthy i I think they're a playoff caliber team every single year year in and year out um i think more highly of them than than most people but you know like honestly when you um when you look at the situation where they're at they're 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 gonna have to franchise justin matabike you can't let that guy walk what he's doing he's He's like, a, I don't want to even say a mini Aaron Donald, but there's a lot of comparisons there when you watch what they do in rushing the quarterback. So they don't want to let him walk. They've got to make decisions on it. Teams like Geno Stone, who had all the interceptions at the beginning of the year, I, I, he'll probably end up in Seattle, or some of these Ravens will. Patrick Queen, there's no way the Ravens are paying two off-the-ball linebackers that type of money to stay here. He's going to walk. And then making decisions on keeping the dead cap money with Ronnie Stanley. You could potentially lose four offensive linemen with Tyler Lindebaum being the one guy you expect to be there. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of decisions to make here in Baltimore and see which direction they go, and they are cap-strapped. Um, Eric DaCosta is one of the best GMs in football. He'll figure it out, but um, and I don't think Odell Beckham's going to be back personally. Right. I don't. I mean, that's probably fine, though, right? I mean, that was... I, the, he looked dusty. He yeah. He looked dusty at the end, yeah. The idea was save him for the playoffs. I'm not sure they really saved him. I mean, didn't didn't really take off. You mentioned Bateman on that one play. What happened to Bateman? Like, is, is he just out of favor, or is it like – I mean, I know he's had injuries, but this year wasn't that, at least mostly. Uh, how come he didn't rate better? Don't know. I mean, look, he and Lamar could not get on the same page this year, and depending on who you talk to, they'll blame one or the other. Um, and, and I know ba- it, it, from the sounds of it and things that have happened, it doesn't sound like Bateman's happy. And, 
I don't know if we'll run into another Hollywood situation in the offseason or anything like that. He hasn't shown any of that type of potential, but where he wants to leave. But he has been open. He's been running great routes. Um, I know he's coming back from an injury, but for a guy that you drafted in the first round, you didn't. He didn't get many targets, and they kept saying they were trying to ramp that up throughout the, the season. It just never happened. So what is the, the path forward at D coordinator with McDonald leaving after just two years there? Um, is there is there an in-house replacement? Do they go shopping around? And how big of a deal is it that they that they find the right guy? Look, they, they've usually um, kind of – I don't, I don't want to say they've produced great defensive coordinators here, but, look, they've spent a lot of money on that side of the ball and guys have had success there, and it's, I feel like – when, think of, when people think about Baltimore, they've always thought defense first. Um, maybe things will change in the future. I don't know. But uh, this team has Zach Orr, who was a former player, that they think could kind of step into that role possibly. Anthony Weaver's another guy who he's been out getting some job interviews. Uh, there's a handful of guys they like on the defensive side of the ball. But the question I would have, too, is with Mike McDonald going to Seattle, is there a handshake agreement that he doesn't take any of the coaches here? You know, is there a trickle-down effect? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to worry about those things. But, uh, you know, I said it a couple times. I think Mike McDonald is one of these young defensive geniuses. He did, uh, yeah, look, Jadavian Clowney. And, and when you look at, uh, you know, some of the other guys that were bringing in here that were getting sacks because of this defense, I don't think it was just necessarily talent. I think it was a lot of scheme. So I think Seattle's getting a good one. How do you yeah. feel, How do you feel, Jeremy, about teams like the Seahawks here hiring defensive coordinators? We have the – the debate that won't end until either a Super Bowl or there's a coaching change in Buffalo, just whether or not you're stuck, so to speak, by hiring, having a defensive coordinator type, defensive side of the ball guy as your head coach. Like if you were Washington at this point, with seemingly the top candidates, mostly if not entirely being defensive coaches, even after this move by Seattle, what should they do? Yeah, it's, it's weird for me because, like, the, the thought process has always been about these young, offensive-minded guys. And, like, if I hired a defensive-minded guy like that, I would want to hand my offense over to somebody that you could really trust. Um, and if you have somebody on that staff or finding someone. Because, honestly, you know, like, I, I look here and seeing Mike McDonald leave, I just don't want to see a situation, and this isn't me trying to diminish anything Harbaugh's done, but in the Washington days when they had Jay Gruden, Go look at that coaching staff, and all of them have gone on to <laughs> tremendous success except for Jay. And it's like you guys had the wrong one, and you let everybody else walk. Um, I just think this, for the first time in a long time, guys that have come through, like, I, you know, I thought um, you know, defensive coordinator uh, Wink, Wink Martindale that just left and went to the Giants, thought he was really good. But, like, I think this guy's special. So, um, you know, hats off to Seattle again for getting somebody good. But, again, they're going to have to find somebody, I think, too, to handle that offensive side and, and someone you trust. Um, and, and let that go because it's weird here in Baltimore with Harbaugh being a special teams guy. It's almost like how much control does he have on the offense and defense? Is he a little bit more hands off and just, I feel like I'm doing an office thing here with Michael Scott. You're going to do heavy lifting and you're going to do big <laughs> projects, you know? Um, but, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was the situation, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's a tough decision, but I would hire somebody that you, offensively that you really trust with that, that group and, and run with it. Yeah. Bulldog. We did. 2013 Washington staff yesterday or the day before and just it's McVay Shanahan of course this is Mike Shanahan still in charge that season but I think we counted six current NFL head coaches who were assistants uh, on that staff is it maybe Canales was he there I don't know it's like there were there was a pretty good list was it Mike McDaniel there Mike McDaniel yes Yes. Uh, and then you've got uh, was a coordinator in Cincinnati, I think, um, or the head coach there now, Zach. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on names, guys. It's been a long time. Zach Taylor, yeah. Callahan, Callahan yeah. maybe. 
Yeah. All right. Well, before you go, uh, you you slipped in a reference to the Orioles earlier, mm-hmm. and I'm curious about this. I was in Rochester in the 90s when Angelos mm-hmm. took over uh, in Baltimore, and like it just from the outside is always or mostly seemed just disastrous. But then they got good, and I wonder if like how it compares with Daniel Snyder selling. Like, is it euphoria among Orioles fans, or is it maybe has that changed because of their recent success? Yeah, I don't want to compare him to Snyder, but there is euphoria here today. Um, And I know it's going to take a while for the whole official thing to kind of pass over. It's kind of a weird situation where they actually have to wait for Peter Angelos to die, who, you know, he has dementia, and and that's one of the reasons why the kids kind of took over the team. Um, So they don't have to pay this gigantic tax bill. I don't know. It's it's a really weird situation Mm -hmm. there, so they're going to slowly take over, but they'll be in control. But everybody was celebrating. They loved it. Peter Angelos, I almost feel like he came in and spent all this money when he took over the team and wanted to show everybody it failed. And then they spent more money and threw instead of actually finding the problem and building it back up like we're doing now or have done now, just threw money at the problem. And then finally, it's like, why am I, why do I keep spending all this money if it's not working? And then we got into one of these situations where we just became this seller dweller team um, until, you know, they finally started to figure some things out in the front office. But um, but yeah, fans were so so damn happy today. Would you care for a short Orioles story from the '90s? One experience I had with the the Red Wings were their affiliate for many like decades, and it was always very special. Rochester t- had a lot of pride in that, and the Orioles, like major league teams would do in those days, visit their AAA club. Right, so this was like at the end of that. In fact, I had heard that maybe this this one year, maybe '97 or thereabouts, was going to be the last time because the players didn't want to come up. Oh, and, wow. and so here was the game. They did make the trip, packed house for Ripken. I mean, Ripken played in Rochester, like just fate stars. And yeah. top of the first, Ripken, might have been Brady Anderson, Ripken and Albert Bell, one, two, three, to start the game, top of the first. And everybody, like, standing ovation for Cal. He strikes out, and Bell is in the on-deck circle with the jacket on, right? Okay, fine, it's summer, but okay. And so everybody boos Albert Bell because they did that everywhere when Ripken strikes out and Bell goes to bat. He doesn't take the jacket off (laughs) (laughs) ever, ever. And so he struck out too and Ripken, I think, but also Bell, they didn't take the field. Like they were done. So man, I've seen some things here in Baltimore. I mean, hell, I almost, it's a story for another day, but I almost got in a fist fight with Eric Bedard at a local bar just because he was being a jackass. And, you know, like (laughs) I've had some weird run-ins here, and then hearing some of the stories from from players, um, uh, you know, with the the great Earl Weaver stories that oh. some of those just can't be beat, and um, <laughs> you know, even a- having a chance to spend some time with Brooks Robinson and hear all those stories, just incredible, man. So there's a lot of history here with baseball, and the like. You know, you got passionate fans up north there. It's the same thing. It's these diehard baseball fans that just want to see a good baseball team, and we'll come out, we'll pay our money, just spend what it takes to win. Right. Thanks for indulging me with letting me go on that. Uh, always a pleasure, Jeremy. Thanks for your time. Anytime, guys. Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore, Odyssey Station, at J. Kahn, C-O-N-N, Sports. Yeah. Lo- lo- I, I'm, I love that they're good again. There the Orioles. was such a great story last year, the Orioles, yeah. And, that I mean, the ballpark is, you know, it's like one of the first, if not the first, of the, the new template, right? Like downtown, smaller. It's, it's such a great spot. I, I haven't traveled around extensively uh, to baseball parks like I, like I did 20 years ago. But, man, I 
it's on the list. I, I want to get back there so badly. I, I just love the, the, the whole area around the ballpark is great. Love it. Thanks again to Jeremy Kahn. We'll look for your phone calls coming up. Wide open the rest of the day, 803-0550. The offseason is here talking about different ideas for the Bills. You know, staff, of course, has been news. Rookies at the Senior Bowl, the draft, all of it on the table here. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog. This is WGR. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.